Welcome to the Bright and Wise Podcast. I'm Leslie Ferry, your host and founder of Brise, an app designed to empower individuals and ignite their career success. On our Bright and Wise Podcast, we integrate practical skills development guidance with stories of exceptional people who share how they got to where they are today and where they want to go next. Keep listening to hear how you can become bright and wise. In this bonus episode of Bright and Wise, I'm going to talk about becoming more self-confident. And I hope by the end, you will come to the conclusion that everyone has unique abilities that contribute value to their job and work organization. That value should be embraced and provide a well-founded belief in yourself and your confidence. But I've jumped to the punchline here. So let me back up a bit. Confidence is a funny thing. It can seem to vanish when we need it most. And many of us believe we are either born with it or not. But that's not actually the case. Confidence is not an innate trait, but rather a mindset that emerges from four different individual, but highly interrelated traits, which uh, I'll get to in more detail in a minute. So confidence is actually a skill that can be developed and strengthened. Confidence also doesn't remain constant. And it is not something that we arrive at and then maintain. Our environment, experiences, and situations contribute to our current confidence mindset. But through deeper self-knowledge, we recognize when our confidence is waning a bit and can learn to take charge of our thoughts and traits to recall or boost our confidence when needed. So back to those traits I mentioned that contribute to self-confidence. They are neuroticism, self-efficacy, locus of control, and self-esteem. Neuroticism is our most ingrained trait, and it can be less adaptable than the others. But even with this recognition, we can learn to self-regulate our neuroticism if needed. Neuroticism refers to our emotional state or disposition to experience negative reactions to situations, like reacting uh, with anger, feeling anxiety, being self-conscious, irritability, emotional instability, or depression. It's reflected in how we react to our environment and changing situations. If we become overwhelmed or angry at simple unexpected situations like um, a detour due to road work when we're actually not running late, we are displaying neuroticism. We need to be aware of where we fall on the neuroticism spectrum so that we can recognize it and self-regulate it when we need. Some degree of neuroticism is actually very helpful at work because it leads to more honest self-reflection of our abilities. The other three traits are more adaptable and easier to summons control of and influence change. The first one, as I mentioned, is self-efficacy, which is the belief that we can succeed and achieve our goals that we set for ourselves. With strong self-efficacy, we believe we have the abilities to take the necessary actions to achieve a desired outcome. This belief drives or determines the type of goals we set for ourselves, how we go about achieving them, and how we reflect on our performance afterwards so that we can continue to grow and develop. 
Individuals with high self-efficacy set more challenging goals because they believe they can go figure out how to achieve them, even if they are sometimes new or have never done something like that before. They also uh, self-evaluate afterwards to understand what they did well and where they can improve going forward without being overly critical. They focus on what they can learn and improve through this self-evaluation, not dwelling on any potential mistakes. The next element of self-confidence is locus of control and is also a belief in our abilities. But in this case, it's a belief about that we have the ability to change what's going on around us. Individuals with strong locus of control feel they can control their fate versus external factors controlling it. Feeling in control starts with our attitudes and taking situations as they are and finding the best in them to then lead to better situations in the future. Because of this sense of control, individuals with high locus of control tend to be happier, less stress, and have higher job satisfaction. And the final trait is self-esteem, which is also known as self-respect or self-worth. This trait is an evaluation of our own worth or value. It can be simplistically defined as how much we like ourselves, regardless of our circumstances. And according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we need to accomplish things and then have our efforts recognized to determine this value. When we set goals and accomplish them, we know that we're contributing to some greater purpose and we feel a great sense of pride. We feel valued and valuable because of our contributions, and this leads to positive, higher self-esteem. It is from these inner relationships of these four components that our self-confidence emerges. And when we have more or uh, positive or higher opinion of one of them, it typically improves how we view the others. So for example, if we have high self-efficacy, we accomplish goals which then increases our self-worth or self-esteem. Our higher self-belief and then value strengthens our belief that we can control or handle curveball situations that life might present. We have a heightened locus of control because we believe we have the ability to control our outcomes. As you most likely recognize, these traits are grounded in our attitudes or mindsets taking control of our thoughts and guiding them towards optimistic views drives a self-fulfilling belief in our abilities and higher self-confidence. Okay, now that we better understand what self-confidence is, why does it seem to vanish when we need it most? Because of change. Change in our environment or situation. Change can conjure up fear or anxiety because of the unknown. Although highly self-confident people believe they can accomplish and tackle new responsibilities, it doesn't mean that they don't have moments of self-doubt. This self-doubt is um, sometimes referred to as imposter syndrome, and you can recognize it when you are experiencing uh, thoughts like, you don't deserve to be here, you're a fraud, and everyone knows it. Research published in the International Journal of Behavioral Science found that over 70% of people experience imposter syndrome at some point. So 
we're not alone in experiencing these uh, self-doubting moments. It is how we handle these self-doubts that determine our self if our self-confidence can reemerge. If we languish in negative self-evaluation, our minds are clouded by these thoughts and we are not free to focus on how to move forward. We can even go so far as to subconsciously put up barriers to our ability to take positive actions. We can behave in ways that are described as self-handicapping, self-sabotaging, or self-limiting. So as you can see, self-confidence and maintaining it can be tricky. Self-knowledge is the critical element to maintaining our positive self-confidence successfully. The foundational soft skills that contribute to greater self-confidence are critical thinking, problem-solving, and knowing our strengths and weaknesses. Critical thinking helps us meet the esteem element of Maslow's hierarchy of needs because it is one of the skills that enables us to accomplish things. Critical thinking involves questioning data to understand if it's trying to influence us in some way versus taking that information at face value. Questioning causes of different situations or data sources leads to objectively evaluating a topic or subject. This open-mindedness supports cause and effect analysis, which leads to an ability to define needed actions to accomplish goals. Individuals who develop greater self-confidence go through a closed loop process of setting goals and then honestly self-evaluating their performance. It's through this reflection they strengthen their critical thinking by understanding what they did well and where they underestimated or um, under-evaluated reactions or uh, missed data that could have helped them perform better. This closed-looped process strengthens their cause-and-effect analysis, which is required for problem-solving. The key to successful problem-solving is ensuring we identify the actual source of the problem, which requires looking at it from different points of view or angles, which is powered by critical thinking. It requires asking why multiple times and not settling on the answer after asking why just once. This effortful, deeper cause and effect analysis helps to develop foresight, which is an ability to predict reactions to multiple actions. So not just the immediate reaction to an action, but reactions to four, five, or or six actions in the future. This longer-range view leads to defining solutions for the core problem source and eliminating the problem versus addressing symptoms of it. BRISE includes a methodical problem-solving process that becomes innate for our users after leveraging it for a while. BRISE also includes goal-setting and evaluating the outcomes objectively in our critical thinking exercises. Taking a methodical analytical approach to solving problems, including developing foresight, leads to stronger decision-making. And with more successful results or outcomes, we develop or strengthen our belief that we can accomplish more ambitious goals. So it strengthens our self-efficacy and locus of control. 
After building stronger cause and effect and new data analysis approaches, it is time to confidently present your opinions, ideas, or recommendations. Effective communicators structure their conversations in a way that is easy for their listeners to understand. In order to do that, we need to know our audience. We need to know the needs and concerns of those who will participate in our conversations so we can structure our conversations and the information that we want to present in a way that answers what, so what, and now why for our listeners. Taking this approach will help bring them along on our idea and recommendation creation journey. Rises Communicating Effectively content teaches individuals how to structure their thoughts so others understand them and how to read their audience so they know if their audience is understanding them. And to convey our confidence, we need to leverage confident body language and tone of voice. Effective communication is only 7% what we say and 55% body language and 38% tone of voice. Bryce offers guidance on how to present confidently as well. And finally, knowing our strengths and weaknesses. An essential self-knowledge element that supports positive self-confidence is knowing our strengths and weaknesses. Confident individuals recognize they, they can't be the best at everything. They lean into their strengths and ask for support and help in their areas where they're weak. They recognize asking for help is a strength in and of itself, and it leads to greater fulfillment and less disappointment or positive attitude and greater self-confidence. If you find our podcast interesting, please leave us a rating and review so others can benefit too. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.